0: Let it be. And like a river glorious, she had a very quick temper. It was the kind that would easily explode. After she would blow up, she'd be mortified and confess her failure to the Lord, only to lose her temper again and again. One day, after a particularly bad explosion, she threw herself down by her bed and wept. She prayed, Lord, must it always be so? Well, I always have this temper to keep me humble before you. While she was on her knees, the Lord injected a verse of Scripture in her mind, the Ephesians, whom you have seen today, you will see no more forever. God spoke these words to Moses when the Egyptians pursued the Israelites to take them back into bondage. Havergal related the verse to her temper and the way in which Satan wanted to use it to pull her into failure, bondage, and defeat. She saw that God could take her temper away. She asked, Lord, could it be forever? It seemed to her that the words came back from the Lord, yes, no more forever. Her sister said, from that day, Francis Havergal never again lost her temper. She believed God and the Lord gave her total victory in her life. Beloved, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we find that there are things that we're told to do and, and this passage of Scripture speaking on prayer. They involve supplication, seeking and striking. And may we look at each element carefully, but she came in absolute humility. She was repentant. She was broken over the, the very sin of the anger in her life. She said, oh God, in complete reliance upon Him. And he helped her. Now there might be some besetting sin in our lives that we're struggling with, and we find, man, I I just keep falling in this area and then this area, and and I know it's wrong. Oh God, this brokenness of saying I can't defeat it. I don't know what to do, but God, I need your help. My grandmother, in a very similar fashion, she said, "God," she was shortly saved and coming out of the bar scene and drinking and all that, and. She was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, and she said, God, I want to be on that bus route reaching young boys and girls for Jesus. She said, but I can't be on that route if I'm a smoker, according to what the church had that she was at. and She said, God, I need you to take this away. She said, I threw away my smokes and never touched them again. God, she said, by that next Saturday, it was a Monday, she said, I never smoked again. That was my grandmother. Our God can do great things. But sometimes in these prayers that people have, we're making it almost like these prayers are kind of like a lucky charm. The superstition of prayers, and I want I'll i build this foundation tonight for you. Would you look with me at Matthew chapter seven in God's word tonight? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now many times we hear people asking us to pray for them. Or sometimes you'll see something online or social media telling you to pray this particular words or a prayer, it's quoted as uh, for healing, for wealth, for happiness, to win a game, whatever it may be. How frequently during a tragedy may we hear those who have no love for God, say we send our thoughts and prayers to you. You see, prayer is an action that occurs across many religions. However, if a prayer does not have Jesus Christ as one savior, then the prayers are not to God. If our prayers are selfish and self-righteous or, spirit, or for spiritually sounding motives, no matter the words that proceed from our mouth, God tells us He will not hear our prayers. If everyone prays to God, won't this be enough? What if they pray in Jesus' name? Are all who pray in Jesus' name, are they, is it legitimate? If a godly person prays for someone in the dregs of sin, won't this help? Doesn't Jesus ask us to pray and it shall be given to you? Lord I'm praying for a million dollars I'm only saying that not seriously but today I'm seeking to be on to get beyond the superstition and, and all of these things that we oftentimes acquaint with with prayer to look to the truth of God's word you see, the definition of superstitious is an ignorant or irrational worship of the Supreme Deity. Excessive exactness or rigor in religious opinions or practice. It's a rite or practice proceeding from excess of uh, sculptures and religion. False religion, reverence of spirits, belief without evidence, and all various definitions of superstitious. And the goal is to stop repeating empty prayers. God wants to hear your heart. Frances Havergal, when she came to God, she didn't want to just pray some written out prayer. She, she said, God, I, I don't know what to do, but I know that you're the answer. And I'm telling you, we are relying, we're laying it all on God, saying, God, I can't do it. It's not a, I'm going to rub the, bunny, the rabbit's foot or whatever you want to call it and hope I'll throw up a prayer like a Hail Mary in a football game. And maybe it'll help. My f- friend, God doesn't want those types of prayers. God, I mean, I understand. There's, she was broken and she said, God, I need help. There was a complete dependence and humility to come to God in openness and say, I need you. And God tells us in Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in my sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. and My friend, instead of focus, we must focus upon, I want to know Christ. As I'm praying, I want to know Christ more. And yes, I'm praying, I want, to know, I want my lost loved ones to know Christ. As I'm praying for other people in there in the community, and, and other people say, hey, would you pray for me? I said, I'll pray for you, but I'm going to pray that you know Jesus that you get victory over the sins that are keeping you from Jesus. And tonight, as we think about the very things, and I, I, I think you'll figure out where I'm going with this in just a little bit, but there's many false prophets. If you pray this prayer, you'll be healthy, you'll be wealthy, and you'll be wise. Or whatever the prosperity gospel may teach. But there's a lot of errors with that, and I'm going to speak on that this evening. Let's go to the Lord and ask for His blessings, and I trust this will all be clear as I go further. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before Your holy name, Lord Unworthy. God, it's a privilege to stand behind the desk in Your church and preach Your Word. And Father, tonight... I pray that I would be truthful. I pray that I would be accurate and precise with all that comes from Your Holy Word. God, help me. Lord, help all of us to have a heart. Lord, I just want to know You. God, may You be lifted up. And I'll thank You for what You'll do. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. I was thinking about this, and, and I've seen it quite a bit. And uh, someone had recently come to church. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, 13. And um, it says, For such are false, prof- false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Verse 14, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. There are people that profess the name of Jesus Christ, but they are not ministers of God, they're ministers of Satan. And it says minister, they look, they're transformed as the minister. They look like godly ministers. They use the Bible. But the end of these people, you'll see the end of their works. And the fact is, let me give you an example of this. The dubious, this illustration here, the dubious affinity between sports and religion ran into a whirlwind on Monday night, December 2nd, 1974 when the Miami Dolphins played host to the Cincinnati Bengals. As usual, just prior to the game, an invocation was offered. This calls us reverend, but this reverend of the United Church of Christ asked the Lord's blessings on the night's game. It was a shocker. This is blasphemy. He said, creator God, father and mother of us all, blasphemy. We give you thanks for the joy and excitement occasioned by this game. We pray for the physical well-being of all the gladiators who run the gamut of gridiron battle tonight. But knowing that the Tigers are voracious beasts of prey, we ask you to be especially watchful over our gentle dolphins. Limit, if you will, the obfuscations, or which makes them clear, of Cassell's assiduous tongue, so that he may describe this night truly and grammatically as it is. A great game in a great city played before your grateful children, on whom we ask peace and shalom. Amen. That is absolutely blasphemous. And oftentimes, there's this people want you to pray for them with a hope that the prayer is going to be a good luck charm to get them into a better state. Many times, it is the situation of sin. Oftentimes, it gets people into a bad situation. People want to turn off the check engine light without fixing the problem that created the check engine light. People want to have God's peace and rest, but they don't want to go through what's necessary to get the peace and the rest. In Isaiah 32.6, many people are sold a bill of snake oil. For the vile person will speak villainy and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord to make empty the soul of the hungry and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. There are individuals who say, if you have enough faith, you will be healed. But I find that there's a real problem with that because the Apostle Paul prayed three times. Second 2 Corinthians chapter 12, to be healed, and then he would come to understand that God would say, my grace is sufficient for thee. Most gladly will I rather, glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's not about whether you have enough faith to be healed, because if you have enough faith to be healed, then you are the God, not the God of the Bible. We are putting our emphasis on ourselves and whether I have enough faith within me to to somehow convince God that He needs to do what I want Him to do. And what is happening in all of this thinking? Let me give you an answer to prayer requires preparation. A rather lazy student noticed that a fellow student always recited her lessons well. So he said to her, How is it that you always say your lessons so perfectly? She she replied, I always pray that I may say my lessons well. Do you, said the boy, somewhat surprised. Well, then I will pray too. However, the next morning he could not even repeat a word of his assigned lesson. Perplexed, he ran to his friend and reproached her as deceitful. I prayed, said he, but I could not say a single word of my lesson. Perhaps, rejoined the other, you didn't study hard enough. He said, I didn't study at all, answered the boy. I thought I didn't have to study after praying about it. And the thought is that we think that God's going to mysteriously fix the problem when I'm not willing to do what's necessary to help the problem. And God's given us instructions. I want to give you an example of some things of a new age, positive type prayer. Now I am, and I hope tonight is... I'm I'm trying to make this clear, and and if I'm unclear at all, please ask. And God says, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and and it shall be opened to you. And God calls us to this. My friend, if we're trying to use God like a genie in a lamp, you rub the lamp and somehow convince him to do what I want him to do, we are falling into New Age thinking. As I mentioned this morning, New Age thinking and, and whatever I want to do is Satanism cloaked. Let me give you an example of a prayer for blessings. Oh Jehovah, my God, you say to ask and we will surely receive. I want to believe in your word. So I ask that you work within me to trust you. You delight in taking care of your people. You created us not for any end of your own, but that we may be blessed through experiencing your perfect love. Bless me, good Lord, and do not turn your face away. Shower me with abundance and let your servant prosper. Amen. Here is a thought of an individual that wants to be blessed with financial means. Now, if God wants you to be wealthy, he's going to make an av- he's going to open doors for you to be wealthy. But my heart is not upon the wealth, my heart is do I have am, am I giving my heart to God? Do I have God's heart? There's a famous individual that really create, that fostered a lot of this power of positive thinking. His name is Norman Vincent Peale. And one of his prodigies, Robert Schuller, attributes Peale to having the greatest influence on his life. As he was a disciple and mentor of his, Schuller called Peale the man who has impacted and influenced my thinking and my theology and my life more than any other living person. It was Peel's positive thinking that gave birth to Schuler's ever-popular secular possibility thinking. The positive mind control, he would turn into possibility thinking. Possibility thinking makes miracles happen. The greatest power in the world is the power of possibility thinking. That's not true. I'm reading for you some things. And so what I'm reading for you is from uh, Schuller and Peel uh, about this agenda. Peel's spirituality is not Christian. It's New Age. And it's embraced among evangelicals who have not discerned its origins. Peel's message was the power of the mind, your unconscious mind, has a power that turns wishes into reality when the wishes are strong enough. That's what he said. In his power of positive thinking, we immediately find written, we believe in yourself, have faith in your abilities. But I want to show you what the Bible says. Look with me tonight in your Bibles at Proverbs 18.2. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of, of stuff on this because I find this is so pervasive in society. Pray this prayer. I see it on social media. People will be like, well, pray this prayer, and tomorrow good things are going to happen. In Proverbs 18.2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. You see, a man wants to follow his heart. I don't want to understand how God thinks of my heart. I don't want to realize the depths of maybe the greed in my life. No, I, I, I want the financial success. And, and you know, that's not the, it's a good thing. But if, it's a, but if it's without God, it's not good. Look at Proverbs 28:26. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 26. We we want we want to somehow get a microwaved option to the success of God. You see Israel's success was a day by day obedience. It was foolishness that would lead them into idolatry. They failed to be obedient. It brought the judgment of God. So many individuals, they say, you know, I've, well, I've tried that whole Jesus thing. I prayed to Him. He doesn't answer my prayers. Well, did you do what He said in regards to obedience? Have you ever put your faith and trust in Jesus? There are those that say you pray this prayer and He's going to help you and He will, but you've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus. You've got to be His child. He'll hear that prayer. In Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. People don't want to know what God's heart says, what God's mind thinks from the Word of God. And Peel has acknowledged that his theology of positive thinking came from Ernest Holmes the founder of the New Age Occultic Church of Religious Science. This phrase, positive thinking, came originally from Charles Fillmore, but it was Peel who made it a cultural icon. Going further on this very thing, the power of positive thinking is New Age thought. However you want to package it, it's New Age. It's Satanism. Peel's view of the universe as God, as an energy and a prayer, as the scientific technique for releasing God energy according to definite laws. He believed, in quotes, there is a powerful and mysterious force in human nature, a kind of mental engineering, a powerful new old idea. The concept is a form of mental activity called imaging. It consists of vividly picturing in your conscious mind a desired goal or objective, and holding that image until it sinks into your unconscious mind, where it releases great untapped energies. When the imaging concept is applied steadily and systematically, it solves problems, strengthens personalities, improves health, and greatly enhances the chances for success in any kind of endeavor. This idea, the ideas of imaging has been around for a long time and has been implicit in all the speaking and writing I've done in the past. End quotes, Norman Vincent Peale. You see, this idea, the center of this is humanism. Man is the center of his world. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know them the day either of them ye shall be as, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. You are now the center of your universe. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. When I'm praying, I I I want to know God. I want to hear from Him. I'm not praying for, I mean, yes, you're going into a test. God, I've studied hard. I need you to help me recall all that I've studied. There's nothing wrong with that. But so often, we think that there's some magical prayer or some magical words that I can get to tap into all the energy and the power of God. When we get into that mindset, we are then transitioning from Christianity into New Age thinking. You see, prayer change, and he goes on to say, this Vincent Peale Uh, prayer changes the attitude of those who are praying. You may be thinking positively that God can change your situation, and he can. Or if you just hold a belief that things can get better, positive thinking can be very effective. If anyone has ever told you to look at the good in a situation and that has helped you not to feel negative, you know the power that positive thinking has. Prayer is type of positive thinking because when you believe a situation will get better, you're most likely going to be right. Why don't you look with me at Jeremiah chapter 5. What does God think about what He just said? I'm not trying to be negative this evening, but I'm trying to get us past all of this mysticism and New Age thinking that is pervading into churches. And God has called us to be uh, diligent. He's called us to be on guard and steadfast against false thinking. And and again, I'm, I'm... Please, I hope you don't think I'm trying to be negative, but I'm trying to give you a warning. That, My friend, if we go down this path, it is dangerous. It will hurt you. How many people, they said, I prayed to God my loved one would live and he failed me. I I no longer believe in God. What happened with that possibility thinking? I, I prayed that this would happen and God didn't answer me, He must not be real. I'm abandoning God altogether. Now they show how deep their faith really was. But I'm saying, if we perpetuate if, if if we give any inclination or any positive uh recommendation to this type of thinking. We are then perpetuating false doctrine that's going to ruin the lives of many. I don't want people to be unnecessarily hurt. I want them to know the goodness of God, and He is good. How about in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 11? For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherous against me, saith the Lord. They have belied the Lord and said, It is not He, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see sword nor famine, positive thinking. And the prophet shall become wind, and the word is not in them, thus shall it be done unto them. Here's these prophets. Oh, God's going to give us peace. God's going to give us prosperity. And Jeremiah is saying, please don't listen to them. There's judgment coming. Repent. Get right. You can have this positive. I can believe that God is able. He tells us He's able. But if, if God is clear in our lives that the situation I'm in is because of wrong choices, it's not pray the pain goes away. It is repent before an almighty God and say, God, I need Your help. Oh God, I'm sorry I failed You. In Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, that positive thinking didn't do very good. You see, when we, when a nation goes through a great upheaval and it's being overtaken by another nation, the believers that are there as they go through hard times and swords and famine and they go through all sorts of diseases, the people are going to get serious about God. He's not some little little cutesy prayer that I can pray that's going to magically fix my situation. But I need the sustenance of God. I need the comfort of God. I need the peace of God. I need wisdom for life because I don't know where to go because life has fallen all apart. I'm coming in humility just as Francis go. oh God, I know I'm not right. When you are broken and you're there in a state and you're like, I don't know what to do. And you come to the Father. He's going to listen. He's going to listen to you. But if we come as Isaiah 29, 13 tells us, Wherefore the Lord says, much as His people draw near Me with their mouth... And With their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work, and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them! They seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us and who knoweth us? Here is the fact of this passage of Scripture. The people draw near with their mouth. But their heart is not towards God. In Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah would, you know, thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They elevate you, they elevate man. We're never to elevate man, we're to elevate Christ. Jeremiah 27, Jeremiah says, "As by the word of the Lord, they prophesy a lie unto you. You know, therefore hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, you shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. There was during COVID this man named Kenneth Copeland, and he said, COVID, I blow you away. And he's on stage, he goes, you know, still here. Sometimes there's another passage and this idea of this positive thinking is prayer and visualization. When playing sports, players are often asked to envision success. When you pray, you are unintentionally envisioning success by seeing what you want and asking for it. This is also a major factor in what makes meditation work. When you visualize success, it can be within your reach. This is what Norman Vincent Peale says. When you pray, you're asking for something specific. Just the fact of asking for something specific can help you visualize what you want and get it. Because that when they knew God is Romans 1.21, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There's prayer and belief. If you believe it, you can do it. Confidence is a key success. And prayer can help you gain the confidence. And he says further, the Bible tells us in James chapter 1, just because I might be confident in myself, that's pride. My confidence isn't in myself, because I know in my abilities, <laughs> I can fail. I don't have the strength. I don't have, I, I don't know, you know, many, there's so many things in our lives. Every, you know, in Him we live and move and have our being. James 1, uh, James 1, 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This is a Christian that says, well, I'm in a bad situation. I hope this works, so I'm going to pray to God now. Your faith is not in God. You know, in the prayers of others, Vincent Peel goes on to say, he says, when other people agree to pray for you, they're giving you confidence as well. If you've ever asked for an affirmation from someone else about anything at all, you know that when someone else encourages you, it can make you more confident, and give you a push in the right direction. The prayer of others is another form of positive thinking. If someone agrees to pray for you, that means they believe in you and they want you to be happy. They want you to succeed and are willing to help you to do so. End quotes, he says. In Jeremiah 7.16, God told Jeremiah, Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up, cry, nor pray for them, neither make intercession for them, for I will not hear thee. Now, there is nothing wrong with praying for others, and we've been called to pray for others. I pray for lost family members. I pray for friends. I pray for people I know in the community that are lost, that they need Christ. I pray for them. But just because I'm praying for them doesn't mean it's going to change the situation in their lives. It's not this believe in yourself. The whole believe in yourself thinking is new age. 2 Timothy 3.2 for men shall be lovers of their own selves. And what is the result of selfish prayer? Look with me in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Satan tempts Jesus with a form of worship. And what does he tempt Jesus with? The very thing that those charlatans of the faith, these preachers of prosperity gospel, financial means, health, wealth, and it creates great problems. It creates great disenchantment because people will have hard times in life. They'll do what this quote-unquote preacher tells them to do and they'll find no relief. Because they haven't approached God in the way God wants us to in true faith. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, say, here is Jesus in the wilderness temptation. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship. Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Satan's means of worship and coming to him is, hey, if you come to me, I'll give you wealth. You know, there's many times that of asking in the Scriptures that we find, uh, here's Herod's daughter. John the Baptist preached against Herod. Herod was sleeping with his brother's wife. And then John the Baptist preached against it. And his wife... The woman he's sleeping with hated that John the Baptist was preaching against her sin. She wanted his head cut off and she asked. Here, She was selfishly asking. We find in Matthew chapter 20, uh, the Zebedee's children, the mother of Zebedee's children, Lord, can my son sit at your left and your right hand on the throne of glory? And and Jesus would talk with her about this and rebuke her. And and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren, but it shall shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. That's there in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 and following. Verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. As they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Jesus is saying, hey, stop trying to be number one. Just be a servant. People can be demanding How about in Acts chapter 8, Simon there with Peter, and he said, Peter, give me the power that you have to heal people. Well, if you remember that Simon, before he made a profession of faith and was baptized, he was a sorcerer, and people paid him money to do things. Well, he realized he's losing money, he makes a profession of faith, he gets baptized, and then he comes to Peter and he says, give me... Also this let's look at me at Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight, verse nineteen. Acts eight nineteen saying, Give me also this power, Simon says, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps a thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon, and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Would you pray for me, Peter? Peter's like, hey, you're the one that sinned. You need to get right with God. My prayer is not going to fix your situation. Here's another situation. Here's another thing. James chapter 4. I think this this is a very, very important passage on this idea of prayer. If someone is living in sin, they don't want, they, they, you, they've been, they know they're in sin, they don't want to correct the sin, and they're wanting you to pray because there's bad things happening in their lives, and they're not willing to do what is necessary, as the scriptures say. Now, I, I'm not, you have to, I mean, the Spirit of God gives you guidance and direction. You have to make sure, I mean, obviously the person is saved if they don't know Christ, but if they are saved and they're living wrong and, and they're saying, hey, pray with me, you'll say, I will pray that God will give you wisdom to do what is right. In James chapter 4, verse 3, James 4, 3, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. He's saying, you're praying because you want it to fulfill some desire of your lusts. For your own pride, lust of the eyes, or lust of the flesh. I really, I mean, I remember in a time years ago, Lord, help me to be in a relationship with so and so. They're a Christian. Rather than saying, God, is this a person I ought to even consider? Then it says in verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I want to ask you a question. How many people lose heart in God because of these charlatan false preachers who speak of having enough faith to correct the situation? People said, I used to be in church. I tried that whole Jesus thing. It just didn't work. How many false prophets speak of prayer, but they don't speak of the means to the heart of God through holiness? You see, religion removes relationship with God and instead makes a formula to conjure up the positive outcomes we're desiring. In this conjuring up, it's none other than superstition and sorcery. And God's saying, I'm not going to answer your prayers. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, look with me here a little further Verse 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You put prayer in pride. And the last is tonight, people who listen to hedonistic preachers. The word hedonism means your, your pleasure is your ultimate highest goal. These preachers are going to warrant extreme justice of God. Sometimes someone might tell you something that's hard to hear, hard to accept. Hey, maybe there's a sin in your life and you need to work on it. And someone has enough love for you to say, hey, here's a sin. I think you need to be cautious of this. I would rather have someone say a hard thing now and save me a lot of heartache later than to say nothing now and reap a lot of heartache later. Look with me at Matthew 15 and then I'm coming to the conclusion this evening. You see, when I'm coming to prayer, I am coming before the very throne of the Creator God. He's called me to come to Him in holiness. And I come in brokenness. And, I, and I'm coming in full dependence. God, I need You. Coming in faith. Asking in faith. Not for myself. Not to somehow fulfill my lust. But I'm saying, God, I need You to get... A, maybe someone's going astray in your life and you're just saying, God, I need Your help. Please help reach the heart of so-and-so. It's not pray this prayer and things are going to get better. That is new age thinking. And we've got to get away from that. I've got to start saying what God says in holiness and purity. And Many times, most of the time, when there's bad things, a lot of times when bad things are happening, I can't say always, but a lot of times when bad things are happening and you look at the person's life, you're like, the reason those bad things are happening is because they have a heart that doesn't want God. In Matthew 15, 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And my friend, I want to get past the superstition that prayer is the answer in all things if you're not willing to have a heart that wants to know God. God's first thing with Israel you'll find in the Old Testament repeated over and over and over again. I mean, God heard the prayer of Ahab when he repented of his sins. He heard the prayers of the most wicked king, Manasseh, when he repented before God. He was given an incurable disease that he would die. Some of the kings were, and and they repented. Oh God, I've sinned. And they laid... The dependence and the future at the feet of God, saying, Lord, I'm going to leave it at your feet. I know I've dealt wickedly. Please forgive me. I'm not trying to do some formula, I'm trying to reach the heart of the Father. In quotes, in conclusion, the story is told of a minister who called at Johnny's house. And in the course of the conversation, he asked him, Do you pray every night, my boy? Nah, Johnny replied, Some nights I don't want anything. Some people share this selfish view of prayer. Prayer is not only for personal petition, it is for confession, praise, thanksgiving, worship, and intercession for others. Prayer is a ministry of supplication for others and adoration of God as well as requests for self. Our prayers ought to come from a heart in full dependence of the Lord and absolute recognition that He is in charge. Prayer is communication with God. It's not only asking, it's telling Him how wonderful He is. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made note unto God. When I'm asking, I'm also thanking Him for how wonderful He is. When the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds throughout, through Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing, but He says, when you're coming, bring thanksgivings. We must not fall into the trap of some mystical prayer or scripted prayer that will somehow reach the ears of God. In Matthew chapter 6, my last verse for this evening, look with me here. I don't know about you, but if I come to you with a script on how to talk to you, that's quite impersonal. If I came up to you and I, I said, Hey, how... Hi, how are you doing today? I trust you're good. And I just begin to read it, and I'm, ta- and I'm looking you eye in the eye, and I just read this scripted thing. You're like, just converse with me. Let's have a dialogue. The God wants to hear from your heart. He wants to hear from... The inner part of you. He wants to know you. I mean, He knows all about you, but He wants your heart. Matthew 6-7 But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Put off this new age thinking. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore likened to them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. We must reject hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure. We must reject humanism, where man is the center of his world. We must reject all sensational works of men and instead seek the face of God. You know, when I came to get to know my wife, I just wanted to know her. When I was on the phone with my wife in the early days, I just wanted to know all about her. I wanted to know her her joys and, you know, family. I just wanted to talk. And God is waiting to hear from you. Final illustration and I'm done. Thanksgiving with prayer. A child knelt at the accustomed time to thank God for the mercies of the day and pray for His care through the coming night. Then as usual came the God-blessed mother and the prayer was stilled. The little hands unclasped and a look of sadness and wonder met the mother's eye. As the words of helpless sorrow came from the lips of the kneeling child He said, I cannot pray for Father anymore. Since her little lips had been able to form the dear name, she had prayed for a blessing upon her father. It had followed close after her mother's name, but now he was dead. I waited for some moments and then urged her to go on. Her pleading eyes met mine, and with a voice that faltered, she said, Oh, Mother, I cannot leave him all out. Let me say thank God that I had a dear father once so I can still go on and keep him in my prayers. And so she still continues to do, and my heart learned a lesson from the love, loving ingenuity of my child. Remember to thank God for mercies past as well as to ask for blessings for the future. These people who try to get us to just pray some prayer or go through some ritual, pray, do this systematic formula, they don't know the heart of the Father. They don't know what it is to ask. And the humility that I'm coming before a Father that knows all about me. He knows my request before I ever ask. He just wants to spend that precious time to hear your heart as you come before Him. And we must get beyond the superstition to the truth of prayer. We must get beyond new age. and New age is... Is just Satanism cloaked. It's a fancy name for it. I want to hurt my God that way, and I don't want to hurt many lost souls that need to know the truth of who my Father is and how wonderful He is. So, for invitation this evening, Christian, rejoice that God's called us to ask, not as a formula but to bear our heart. And He wants to hear from us. Ask in faith, because you depend fully upon Him. That is a wonderful, refreshing truth. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The first prayer God wants to hear out of your lips, the first thing He wants to know from your heart, is complete repentance in sorrow over the wickedness of your heart, realizing you deserve hell, and you ask him to forgive you, be my savior and my friend. He'll hear you. So I can have Mrs. Pat come forward tonight. I went a little long, like I did this morning, but my friend, we see these little prayers and these cutesy little things. We must be on guard. God's not a formula just as you're not a formula, you're not just some number, you're someone special that God died for and desires a relationship with. And if you're willing to come in humility, in openness and transparency before Him, He says, ask, and it shall be given you. What a wonderful, wonderful plea of the Lord. As the music plays tonight, as we come to the invitation, I trust that we would just be open Open before Him to beyond superstition that we would know the heart of the Father. What wonderful truths is here in the Word of God that God's called us to ask. I don't want to be a formula neither does our Father in Heaven, neither does our Savior. But come. Come to Him humbly. Come to Him open. Come to Him broken. He'll hear you. Oh, may we shun the ways of this world to live in the light of the God of the Bible, of our precious Redeemer, As I was preaching tonight, you'd say, Pastor, God was working on my heart in a particular area and I'd like you to pray for me. I will not mention your name. I won't call you out. I won't ask you what the prayer request is. But I would be happy to pray for you. If God spoke to your heart tonight, you'd say, Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just lift up your hand and be happy to pray for you. Just put it, quickly put it up and put it down and I'll pray for you. Anyone like that this evening? Anyone here tonight, say, Pastor, or maybe watching, reach out. But say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I died where I'm going to spend eternity, but I'd like to know. Would you pray for me? My prayer won't make you a believer, but I will pray that you'll settle that very decision. The music will come to a close here shortly. My friend, let's go beyond all the veneer of religion, and may we just search to know the heart of our Father, heart of God. It's a joy. To have a real relationship with God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this evening. I thank You. Lord, I'm not searching from, for some secret formula or method. I can come as I am right before You, Lord, in brokenness. As You convict me of sin, Lord, I'm welcome at the throne of grace. Father, as I'm serving You and bad times are happening, I can come to the throne of grace and find help in a time of need. Lord, I want to thank You that it's not up to some gurus or some magicians or anyone else that's trying to conjure up a formula to appease You. Lord, I can just simply come boldly to the throne of grace. I want to thank you for the love. Thank you for Calvary and the resurrection that give us that ability. Lord, I yield it all to you this evening. Thank you for being our God. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you.